today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. A picture in your mind. Uh, just this, this is what we've been hearing in the news all morning here on CHML. 840 Olympic-sized swimming pools full of watery sewage. Not a very pretty picture. Uh, that's apparently what's been dumped into Hamilton Harbor over the last little while. It's a rather depressing situation here, but the treatment plant, I guess, is, is under construction. There's a lot of other things that are happening, and, uh, well, we seem to be going in the wrong direction when it comes to water quality. Uh, Chris McLaughlin, of course, is with the Bay Area Restoration Council, joining us here on the Bill Kelly Show on CHML. Morning, Chris. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, Bill. Oh, well, I'm glad you could j- jump in here and talk to us about this, because, I mean, just that mental picture of all this stuff going into the water uh, is, is well, as I mentioned just a second ago, we seem to be going in the wrong direction. This is this is rather troubling. Uh, not so much in the wrong direction as taking a slight step back to make a giant leap forward. I like that analogy. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, pr- the problem is trying to reconstruct a wastewater treatment plant, well, people continue to flush the toilet continuously without stopping, obviously. We don't stop because the plant's under reconstruction. We don't stop when it's raining outside, which would be a really great idea um, if we could get everybody on board with that. So the, the what's happening down at Woodward Avenue is an upgrade to the level of treatment. Several, several years ago, the city made a call in terms of where to spend all of this money. Would we increase the, the volume of treatment or would we increase the quality of treatment? And we went with the latter, the quality of treatment. So what that means is that not only do we have secondary treatment that's treating the bacteria, we'll have by 2021 or 22, uh, we'll have what's called tertiary treatment, which is uh, the ability to fine-tune what's actually coming out of the plant at the end. So the bacteria is being treated so we can much more, uh, much better control phosphorus, and that's the thing that's driving the algae that's making the news today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the green-blue algae that we were talking about earlier this week, and uh, this is, uh, from my understanding, is one of the earliest times it's actually showed up. It's not uncommon to see this later in the summer, but so early. Is, is it because of all the rainfall? Uh, the rain doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, help, that's for sure, um, especially when you get the added phosphorus in the, in the bay from the, from the bypasses uh, the sewage by sewer bypasses um the uh, the other thing is that it's been smoking hot so far in july and yeah. it doesn't look like it's going to let up 28 30 degrees to the end of july and it's uh it really creates those uh the right conditions to cook a lot of algae so I got. I got to tell you, and I know you were aware of this, Chris. But uh, uh, when first-term city councilors, and, and I can remember when I got elected back in the late 1990s, one of the the highlights we, we all got in there was seven or eight of us. We all did the tour of the, the water treatment plant down on Woodward Avenue. Uh, most people don't even know that it's there. Well, they know it's there, but they don't know what happens in there. And it was a day-long tour, and I, it's fascinating, the technology. And Now, that was 19 years ago, so obviously the technology's improved since then. And we've improved immensely from the old, old days, when they used to just dump the stuff right into the bay without much treatment at all. Uh, so we, we have come a long way, but it's, it's, it's a little frustrating when you see, as you mentioned, one step back here, especially because it seems as if all the natural forces are working against us right now. Um, certainly, uh, you see uh, comments in the news today from uh, the head of uh, Hamilton Water regarding climate change, and the concern there is that uh, is the increasing amount of uncertainty around how much volume they're going to face in the future. Civil engineers that build the pipes that carry the sewage down to Woodward Avenue, they like as much certainty as possible, as does, I should add, 
all of the biology that goes on down there, as you say, it's a complex place. It's an enormous place. People don't really have a great uh, appreciation for all of the things that go on there to treat what we flush down the sewer, uh, down the toilet, before it goes out into the into the rivers and into the bay. So the, the plants and the engineers that run it, they like certainty. And what climate change is predicted to do is increase the intensity of the storms that we receive you know, on, on our house on Saturday. I couldn't believe it. Saturday evening we were getting the fourth torrential downpour of the day. Like the volume of water going through there is, is through the system is just amazing. I guess I, well, I have the opportunity. I encourage people, you know, during these events to go out and just look at the volume of water going down the closest catch basin, the, the storm drain on the next to the curb nearest to their house. Look at the volume of water. I mean, count how many of these drains are across down your street, through your neighborhood, and across the city. Like, we're talking an enormous amount of, of, of water. And I guess the one thing to point out about this particular issue, about the step back in terms of uh, uh, the amount of sewage that's going to be treated or not be able to be treated during these events, and that, let's just clarify, all of that storm event received primary treatment, all of it. And then what's happening is the secondary treatment, that is the biological treatment of the of the bacteria, it's being reduced by about 15% for the next year and a half, and for another year and a half after that by about 10%. Um, and that's in order to replace a lot of the, uh, um, the infrastructure down at Woodward Avenue. And so you will see some of that some of that flow in heavy rain events going out uh, and being bypassed uh, around the secondary treatment. But the, rema- the reminder is for people that that's largely stormwater. There's the same amount of sewage that we w- would receive on a dry day, um, so it's largely uh, uh, stormwater. So it's highly diluted. It doesn't make it any less unpleasant to think about and imagine, um, particularly if you were inclined in the 24 to 48 hours after a storm to go, say, in a canoe up uh, into Red Hill, Mm-hmm. Uh, you're certainly going to, your, your nose is going to notice the difference. Um, and it's, uh, of course, it's disheartening that this is, this is a necessary uh, step in the process. It's disheartening that we've got the algae showing up so early in the year. But I would take the opportunity also to just point people to a 27, uh, 2017 report card where we gathered together a bunch of scientific experts around water quality and uh, sewage treatment, uh, fish and fish habitat, for example, all of them had a consensus view that in the years moving forward, after Woodward Avenue is totally reconstructed, we will see that we will start to reap the benefits of that massive investment. And in fact, for the first time in 150 years, sewage in Hamilton and the treatment of sewage, I should say, will actually be improving water quality in the harbor because the amount of phosphorus in particular will be so much lower uh, than it is in the ambient environment. Uh, well, we've made some leaps and bounds already, though, haven't we? I understand that, you know, this is a bit of a, an anomaly, and it's it's unfortunate that it's happening this year. But what was it, eight or ten years ago, I guess, Chris? I mean, when that algae buildup happened, and it, it does tend to happen, I guess, every summer, when the, you know, obviously when they heats up. Remember, we even had a musty smell to our drinking water back in, in you know, eight, 10, 15 years ago, I guess it was. And, and obviously they've solved that problem because it hasn't happened since. Well, Hamiltonians know from traveling all over uh, Ontario, we have some of the best municipal water anywhere. Yeah. In terms of taste and 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 uh, and smell and co- all of that, 
you'll know from your days on council where you move from one big fat binder about an issue to another completely different issue and a big fat binder how quickly you have to you know we tend to move as a society from one issue to another and we so often uh, fail to stop and realize recognize celebrate how much progress we've made and this is really an opportunity to salute the city of Hamilton for a, a really massive and and wise investment in uh, in our future health of our community and the bay in particular. Um, what's going? What the city and the other partners have, uh, like the federal government and the provincial government, for example, have invested in Woodward Avenue, the hundreds of millions of dollars, will be benefits for generations to come. So that's certainly to be celebrated. The um, I don't know what else uh, where else to go with that bill, but. Well, it's it's just to show that we're making some progress here. I guess one of the questions that comes out of this, yeah. though, as as we see uh, some of the data, and you just I think gave us a great explanation, Chris, as to what's happening and why. Uh, there is some stuff that when we say untreated sewage, it's it's you say it is partially treated. This it's not really untreated stuff because it does go through the first phase, but it, there are still some problems with the water when it goes in there when the, the that bypass happens. How severe is the damage that that's caused to water quality in the bay when that happens? Well, it's highly diluted, so it's not, you know, if we think about the pictures coming out of Shadok Creek last year, and your listeners might remember that there was a, a failure of, of some infrastructure, um, sewer infrastructure last year that released um, pretty much what you flushed down the toilet out into Shadok Creek. That's mm-hmm. the creek that runs along the 403 um, from the Spectator Building and comes out into Coots Paradise and then through out into the West Harbor. Right. Um, it was suspected last year, although it couldn't be entirely proven, but it was highly suspected by our water quality scientists at CCIW that uh, that there was a pretty good correlation between the amount of, of, of sewage and, and the phosphorus in that sewage coming out uh, of Shadow Creek and then the, the algae bloom that we got last year, which, you know, people that, with boats on the harbor for the last 40 years are all saying, I've never seen it this bad. I, to- I would totally believe that. Um, so there's a pretty strong correlation. What you're going to see bypassing the secondary treatment at Woodward this year, uh, in the next couple of years during this reconstruction, is nothing nothing like what turned Stoke Creek into a, effectively a barnyard last year um, for a few months. So what you're going to see is is uh, it's highly diluted. That's not to say that it, you know, we're okay with this, but sometimes. You know, I, I, I equate it to a bit like having the, the lead pipes replaced to your old to your old house, mm-hmm. um, where they've, you know, they got to shut the water off. That's an inconvenience. They're going to dig the whole place up. It's going to be a bit of a mess. But then they put it back together, and in the long run, you've got strong, a stronger and safer supply of water. And that's a, that's a, a household version of what we're looking at as, at a municipal level. Because we were on the brink uh, some years ago when we weren't doing this very well, of course, and uh, you know we were having stories about the the possible demise of Coots Paradise and 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 a fish life and and plant life in in the ecosystems all the way around there. We've we, we're starting; it's building up again. We just we I guess we don't want to see a huge backward step right now because we saw how ugly it could have gotten. It's a little frightening to think, to be honest, uh, to think of where uh, climate change might take us in terms of changes to the environment. Um, Everything is susceptible to changes in temperature, for example, changes in volume of water. Um, and we're seeing that right now for the second time in three years. The phenomenal and record levels, uh, lake, lake uh, levels. And, of course, that pushes water back into the bay and back up into Coots Paradise. 
and uh, and so you know we're concerned about where we're going in the future. But the least we can do is uh, is the upgrades that we're doing right now to deal with the sewer the sewer issue, which between Hamilton and and Halton Burlington, about half of the water that's received into the bay is through one of those treatment plants, either Halton's or Woodward or the city's other plants up in Dundas. The other half is coming off the watershed. And that was an issue that was raised uh, earlier this week at City Council in Hamilton around how to better deal with stormwater. In the past, everyone knows that the, how badly the bay was abused. If you refer to the, to the, the bad old days and the history of, of uh, industrial and municipal waste that would have flowed pretty much entirely untreated into the bay for, for decades. Um, you know, we, we, we're nowhere close. We're not, we're not even into the ballpark of being in those kinds of conditions that, that brought us that, um, that reputation in the first place. But the perceptions are so slow to change, much slower than the reality, and it feels like sometimes it's taken forever to get this far. I'd really encourage people to, uh, to try and remember how much progress has been made and uh, and to celebrate that and the fact that we're continuing to do to do what we can, you know, if you if your car breaks down and you replace say the the spark plug, if that's the issue, you drive away and it works fine. The problem is ecosystems like bodies of water that we're trying to restore in Hamilton Harbor, they don't work that way. They have an uncertainty and they can create surprises that uh, that uh, that we don't normally encounter and, and are difficult to deal with and they certainly don't fit into 10 second sound bites so i really appreciate the time to try to explain a bit how the, these pieces all fit together in a system and uh and not to despair that uh, our 2017 report card did bring together this consensus view that there would be a the forecast was up that we would see improvements in the environment in the years to come with the changes that we've been making and that uh, hopefully the biology you know the the fish and the other critters and the plants, and uh, they all uh, they all agree that we've done that we've done enough to make these improvements. I got about a minute and a half left here. The, the city has a role to play here too, not just obviously with the, the financing of the of the facility on Woodward, but it's it's a planning issue too. And we we talked about this extensively on the program. Uh, you you can't just pave over everything and expect everything is going to be the same as it was before. Uh, we need more green space. Uh, we need uh, well, for instance, up in Ancaster, the, the stormwater retention ponds are right up there by uh, the Meadowlands. You know, right by they, they, it's a soccer field, but it's really it's to cover excessive rainfall. Uh, we need to do more of that to, to take some of the pressure off the system yeah and you know like i told council on monday they have a staff at hamilton water that is clever and primed with the right attitude to start addressing some of these issues some of the ways that you're absolutely right that that we have to redevelop the landscape that we have changed how water interacts with the land so dramatically by paving pretty much everything and turning a lot of the rest of it into farm fields and construction sites these are the places where unlike in the past where we might have pointed to specific pipes, that that's our problem right there. Those sewers or those industrial outfalls right there, those are our problems. We've, we've remediated so many of those sources um, to date to make these improvements. We really need to look back into the, the landscape to our, our, our subdivisions, our streets, uh, our farm fields and agricultural lands. Um, the construction sites that generate so much uh, uh, material that ends up in, in surface water. We really need to start looking in these places, and that's what the discussion 
um, will 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 come with uh, that that city council authorized on Monday that staff bring back to Hamilton Council a, a report on all of the ways that we might implement some of these changes in the way that we deal with stormwater. So you're absolutely right. The city has a huge leadership role to play in this issue. And it's going to take, look, at some, some backbone because they're going to have to make some difficult decisions and maybe some unpopular decisions. I know everybody always complains, for instance, when council announces, hey, the water rates are going up. But it's all part of the, the, the bigger picture here. I mean, that's where that money's going. I mean, you know, the, the extra money that we paid this year over last year for water rates is helping to do the reconstruction on the water treatment plant. Absolutely. It's all dedicated money, and people could look to specific improvements that are being made with the money that's being collected. And the, the, the issue around a stormwater rate, for example, um, because stormwater, dealing with stormwater right now and the infrastructure that's needed, um, it's really playing second cousin to the water wastewater, and, and it, it can easily get forgotten as all of this money is being spent on these other projects. We really need a dedicated, sustained and fair way of dealing with stormwater that will get us some of the improvements upstream so that we can see some of the changes in the landscape upstream so we can see the improvements in water quality downstream. So we're talking about things like uh, things that people can do on their own properties, for example, like disconnecting downspouts and running them out into rain gardens in your yard, for example, keeping as much of the rainwater that falls on your property, keep it there on your property. Uh, so many other things, too, and I know that uh, actually uh, there's some web pages, a number of different things you can Google to get some information like that. Uh, one mm-hmm. small backward step for one leap forward. i got to remember that one, Chris. Uh, <laughs> listen, great having you on the program, and thanks so much for the explanation. I think you've assuaged some of our concerns here, but uh, uh, more to come, sure, to be sure, I guess, in the weeks ahead. Have a great weekend. That's great. Thanks for the opportunity, and you too, Bill. You too. Chris McLaughlin, of course, head of the uh, Bay Area Restoration Council. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.